You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to the Locked On A's podcast, home of winners of one game. This is episode 246 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, I'm talking about that win for the first segment. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. The A's are one and six, and I am thrilled right now. Oh man, what a way to get that first win. Uh, And then a little bit later in the episode, uh, in the second and third segments, I have my talk with Melissa Lockard. The first part of my talk with Melissa Lockard. Part two will be coming for you guys tomorrow on Friday. So uh, lots of Melissa Lockard minor league talk coming up for you guys, just to get you guys ready for the season, because it's only, well, I guess it's three weeks away at this point. Um, But it's coming up and there's going to be prospects. And then those prospects could make their way to the Coliseum at some point because the A's have been riddled with injuries. So got to get to know some of these names now and uh, keep you guys informed. So that is what we are doing today. But before I get into anything else, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Join me this weekend during one of the games. I'm not sure which one yet, but I'm going to do it and I'll promote it on uh, Twitter and stuff like that. So turn us on notifications. Get all of the tweets that we send because they are fire on that account. I am I am firing on all stillenders right now. I must admit, I'm having a great time operating the Locked On A's account, even if the A's aren't winning. It's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm going to be on the Locker Room app for iOS uh, devices only. They're working on the Android version right now, but it's iOS only currently. Uh, follow me at ByJasonB on that one. I can give you an alert when I go live. And uh, that is Locker Room changing the way that we talk about sports. Also, real quick, uh, follow us on social media, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the aforementioned Locker Room app. It's a great app, actually. I thoroughly enjoy using it. It is a lot of fun. You get to meet a bunch of different people, just baseball fans, just talking baseball. And be like, hey, what about A.J. Puck? And you're like, yeah, here's what I think about A.J. Puck. And they're like, oh, cool, thanks, Jason. That was, that was great. So that's the Locker Room app in a nutshell for you guys. But if that's not necessarily your speed, we also have an email address. You can email us at lockdownathletics at gmail.com. Send me anything you want. Uh, it could be gifts. I don't care. Uh, interact. It's a, it, We're building a community here and I'm having a lot of fun doing it, but let's get into the game because the A's won four to three in extra innings, beating the Dodgers. Uh, Lots of fun. Jesus Luzardo, he started off really, really rocky. He fell behind in the count consistently in the first inning, walked three batters, only gave up one run though. He ended up going five and a third innings pitched, gave up five hits, two earned, four walks. Uh, That was only one walk after the first though. So Nice improvement on his control, and he struck out six. Trevor Bauer, uh, his counterpart for or v- general baseball villain, uh, he went six and two-thirds, gave up three hits, two earned. He walked one, struck out ten. I still don't like that guy, and I'll get into it here in a little bit. But first, let's get into some of the uh, the happenings of the game. Uh Let's just focus on the A's scoring, because that's all that really matters. Ramon Laureano was hit by a pitch, and then he stole second, and he stole third, because Trevor Bauer did not give a damn about the runner on base. And then, 
Trevor Bauer threw a wild pitch, and Ramon Laureano scored on that. Ramon Laureano doing his best impression of Ricky Henderson, or a Ricky run. I'm going to call it a Ramon run, though. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue as nice, but, you know, it's it's alliterative. It's fine. So, Ramon Laureano, that's a big run for the A's right there. Seth Brown also had a huge moment. He... He broke up the no-hitter early in the second or third, uh, but that's not what I was talking about. He robbed a home run in left field in the fourth inning, and that is just minutes after former A Jorge Mateo had a ball clank off of his glove in San Diego, and uh, Mateo's blooper cost his team in a one-run game, while Seth Brown who is getting his first playing time of the season right now. His play kept the score close and ultimately set up extra innings. So great job out of Seth Brown on that one. Uh, I, I said that I would talk about Trevor Bauer because I don't like him very much. Here's why. Uh, in the second inning, he struck out Matt Chapman on a fastball just above the zone, and he pounded his chest like he was friggin' King Kong for no reason. I'm like, the A's have lost six in a row, bro. You think that they're swinging the bats really good? Come on. You, this is this is the hill you want to die on. Sure, go ahead. You're you're the king of the of the monsters, even though that's debatable. I just watched uh, the Kong versus Godzilla movie. Uh, no spoilers. Decent movie. I enjoyed the visuals. They were very very pretty. Uh, but moving on to. Godzilla Chapman. That doesn't make sense, but I'm going with it. In the seventh inning, Godzilla Chapman, that's his new name. It's going to stick. Um, he took Trevor Bauer deep to make it a three to two game. He got the A's to within a run there. Big home run out of Matt Chapman. You love to see it. Uh, just all around great stuff. Elvis Andrews had a big sack fly to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth. Mitch Moreland obviously had the walk-off hit uh, after a, you know, you got the, the runner on second rule in extra innings, so Cano was already on second, and Jed Lowry walked. Uh, Cano got moved over by Ramon Laureano on a fly out, and then Mitch Moreland, big hit. He's earning his place on the team. You love to see that with new guys, especially this early in the season. And you got it from Elvis Andrews and Mitch Moreland today. Maybe that's the start of something coming for them. Uh, I, I don't know, but here's hoping at least. Um, I do want to harp on Trevor Bauer here for just one second because he did not check Ramon at all. He allowed two stolen bases and then did not hustle to cover home. So that run right there that ultimately cost his team the game and forced extra innings, that is solely on him. And so for a guy that got paid $45 million and is beating his chest in the second inning against a team that's 0-6, what the hell is this guy doing? He is a moron, and I cannot stand him. I hope I, I said in our, uh, in our locker room uh, group, I was like, my only hope for right now is that the A's beat Trevor Bauer because the memes will be amazing that he lost to the A's who had lost every game so far this year. And so that made me really happy on a personal level. And the Dodgers are just paying $45 million for that. And I don't understand it. I know that he was great last year, but uh, one of his balls, according to Vince Catronio, uh, he tweeted this out. One of his balls is getting shipped to MLB headquarters to get you know checked out to see if he's using too much funky stuff. Uh, talked about that last week. It's going to be interesting to see if that comes into play. And if he gets suspended or whatever the hell they're going to be doing, uh, they're going to be figuring some stuff out. So I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that ball. If anything, I assume it's nothing, but I hope it's a lot. <laughs> also, uh, Matt Chapman's home run went 108.9 off the bat and traveled 426 feet. 
Uh, if you look at it, it was basically left center over the 388 jagged, uh, the jagged wall right there. Uh, that was a shot. If you are familiar with looking at the Coliseum, that ball traveled. I know 426 doesn't seem like a lot. That is a far, far distance in the Coliseum. And even though we hit the crap out of that ball, probably would have been off the wall on any other day. But this was a nice day game and the, the, the baseball gods apparently favored the A's today. So that was nice. Uh, I, one little quick tidbit that I do want to say is these three, four, five hitters on Wednesday, Ramon Laureano, Mitch Moreland, Matt Chapman, they each had two hard hit balls. Or if you're just watching the game on baseball, Savant, not the actual visuals of the game, but, you know, the, the stat cast stuff that comes in, uh, it's two little flame emojis next to their names. And Ramon Laureano hit uh, his balls at 99.3 and 100.9. Great job out of him. Mitch Moreland, 102.3, 103.3. Smoking the crap out of the ball. Matt Chapman, his home run was 108.3, and then he had another one later in the game for 96.9. Great job out of all three of these guys. Hopefully that is a sign of things to come because when you start seeing that a little bit more consistently, that is when guys are breaking out of their slumps. Uh, those balls, if they're not finding holes at that point in time, they will come later. Uh, as long as their launch angle isn't like negative four or something like that, then it's an okay sign. Uh, if you add Matt Chapman to that lineup, all of a sudden you got four guys that I think can hit the ball pretty hard right now. And I'm very excited about that. One note on Jesus Luzardo, he threw 15 curveballs, nine of them got swings and six of those got whiffs. So six of the nine pitches that they swung at were whiffed on. That is an excellent percentage of whiff per swing. Great job at a Jesus Luzardo today. Loved what I saw. And just one note overall for everything, I said on Tuesday's pod, I think it was Tuesday, it might have been Monday, I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday though, that once the starting rotation turned over, sometimes that helps, you know, uh, get everybody back on track. Because you, you went through, everybody had their bad start, and now it's time for the ace to pick everybody up. And this season, it's Chris Bassett after his 2020 season. So, And now you got him and Jesus Luzardo, obviously, or they're, arguably, they are two of the better pitchers in the rotation. Frankie Montas has some stuff. He struggled mightily in his first start, but these, these two guys are the guys that you need to get you right. And now we're going to see if that train keeps on rolling because you got Cole Irvin going on Thursday in Houston or today in Houston going against Christian Javier. And then in game two, you got Manaya McCullers. And then in game three, you got Montas against Jose Urquidy. Um, I don't know that I have high expectations right now just because playing in the Astrodome, and I'm going to keep calling it the wrong name because I think it's hilarious, uh, playing in the Astrodome is a different beast. It is their home opener. I am a little bit scared for Cole Irvin because they are vicious animals over there in Houston right now. They love it when there's blood, A's blood in the water, and they're going to be absolutely uh, unbearable this weekend. So have fun. Uh have your notifications on mute. Um, also, so I, I basically I have a low expectations for this weekend, but given the last couple of starts, I have high hopes for the series. We're going to see how it works out. If they win one out of three, I think I'll be happy. I know that's a two and eight start, but you go to Arizona, you see how it, things are going from there and see if you can get to 500 for the for the month, as I mentioned earlier this week. So uh, I, I think that that's the plan right now escape Houston. Don't embarrass yourself anymore. Hope for the best plan for the worst and get going that way. Um, one other note real quick yesterday on the podcast, I broke the news that Jed Lowry could be a vampire. 
And that is because everybody was going on the IL and then he's hitting the snot out of the ball. He had four hard hit balls in Tuesday's game and it just coincided with all of this injury news coming out. And that was just really fishy to me. Um, and so I, I want to point out that there was no injury news that happened on Wednesday and he went 0 for 4. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm connecting the dots here, you guys. It just makes too much sense to not be true. Jed Lowry's a vampire. And if I go missing, I did not go missing myself. I was taken. Come look for me, please. I would appreciate that. I'm out there. <laughs> Anyways, coming up on the show, I got my talk with Melissa Lockard. I know that she's going to love Jed Lowry as a vampire being her lead in. So uh, <laughs> stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you guys by the Locker Room app. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. If you're listening to this, you're talking about the A's. I am there to talk about the A's. Let's join up. Let's have some discussions about the A's. It is a lot of fun, and I'm going to be there once a week. Uh, it's usually going to be on the weekends during a game, uh, it'll be either Friday or Saturday for me, probably, because the A's are off on Sunday. So keep your notifications on for Locked On A's on Twitter, and I will definitely let you know when we are going live, both at the moment and a little bit before to give you some, some prep time and get some questions going on all that stuff. And Locker Room, if you don't know about them, Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll have a chance to chat with me, and you may even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On A's podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Uh, generally, I record them. I haven't used any of them yet just because they go freewheeling in the movies and stuff. But if I get some good content on the Locker Room app, I will definitely use that for part of a Monday episode. And it'll be a lot of fun. So if you want to be part of the discussion that happens on this podcast, join me on the Locker Room app. And that'll be happening this weekend. Get your notifications on. Follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter. And uh, you can be part of this. The show. So go download the free locker room app now currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at by Jason B to be notified when my room goes live. I know you don't want to miss it. I'm planning to go live this weekend at game time for A's and Astros. And I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the A's. So I'll see you guys there. Locker room changing the way we talk about sports. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. I love that it comes directly to your door. That is so much fun. I hate going outside these days, so getting it at my door is a plus for me. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? All you got to do to avoid that is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there, how did you hear about us box and let them know know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast in the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts 
And now here is my talk with Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. Hope you enjoy. All right, today I am joined by Melissa Lockard. She is the person that I think about when I think A's prospects. So we are talking some A's prospects today and just minor league baseball in general. Melissa, thank you for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Barb. Um, so you have a new role at The Athletic right now. You have a couple of, you, you've done, you know, editing and writing for The Athletic. Uh, you have new writers that you are editing for. Who are those writers and who do you like so far? <laughs> well, I, um, I'm continuing to edit uh, the, the Giants, which I had been doing in my previous editing role when I had edited all kind of Bay Area sports content that kind of came across our desk. Um, but now I'm exclusively editing MLB content. So my other two dedicated writers are our twins team of Dan Hayes and Aaron Gleeman. So um, that's been a lot of fun. Aaron Gleeman uh, is, you know, somebody whose prospect coverage with the twins has, I've um, followed just from afar for a long time. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of interesting um, in that I think the way that uh, Andrew Baggerly and Grant Brisby cover the Giants is kind of similar to how Dan Hayes and Aaron cover the uh the twins. So it's sort of a nice balance to, to see both of them there. So I'm learning a lot on the fly. I just listened to a, you guys have the new, the athletic MLB show and mm -hmm. uh, Grant and Hunter Pence, that, that new podcast, or, you know, that part of that podcast, uh, I'm going to be tuning in every week because Hunter Pence was a delight. And also Grant's yeah. always been wonderful, but uh, that was a lot of fun to listen to. And, uh, you know, they, they threw the A's some bones. That was nice. I, I appreciated that. So, yeah, um, no, it's, uh, I know Grant was thrilled to be able to do it. And I can't <laughs> think of a better person for a podcast or any sort of multimedia uh, endeavor than Hunter Pence. So <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be plugging his coffee so much because he was so amped up on caffeine. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he, he probably needs like relaxed coffee is my guess <laughs> he wakes up amped up <laughs> um so you've been writing about the ace prospects since 2004 correct that's correct yeah so you that is quite a while more time than most people have probably been paying attention to ace prospects is there somebody that you have enjoyed talking to the most that could be you know front office that could be uh coaches that could be players who's somebody that you just enjoyed talking to well i mean you know i think in general, um, I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of having good relationships with a lot of a lot of different people, and um, ranging from scouts to players to coaches to front office people. And I've been pretty fortunate in that you know, um, you know people have been really open about um, you know, sharing their thoughts with me and their philosophies, and and um, you know that the, they're willing to kind of put up with my <laughs> incessant questions and asking for rosters and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think Keith Whitman, obviously, I mean, he's been there the whole time, which is, is amazing. Um, you know, he was uh, probably the first person that really took me seriously when I was starting out. Um, I, you know, kind of started my site just on my own and spent the first six months just sort of writing and hoping that someone would would um, grant me any access. And we were down there at spring training and I'd send an email just in hopes that maybe he'd have a minute to talk. And he invited me into his um, office and we ended up speaking for like 50 minutes or something and you know he didn't have to do that and he was very um willing to share information and um, was always very fair and um so I you know I really appreciated that and, and I just think from coaches in general I've learned just a lot about the game um not just in terms of how you know the game works but also the process of how good players are made you know like um what players do to get themselves in the right frame of mind how coaches help them, how coaches also learn to stand out of the way when players need um, time to figure it out on their own. 
Um, you know, it's a lot less linear than I think I realized when, you know, you just think of, oh, this is the person and they're going to stop here and then the next year they'll be there. And, you know, it's not a linear process. And, um, you know, baseball, probably more than any other sport, you're almost rebuilding yourself every, you know, series, let alone every year. So um, I, I think that part of it has been really interesting over the years to kind of see how that plays out. He's been popping up in your stuff for years. So I, I had a feeling you might go that way. But, <laughs> <laughs> um Switching over to more current, you know, baseball stuff. Uh, this isn't necessarily A's. This is more just minor leagues in general. There's a bunch of new rules coming to minor league baseball. There's new rules at each level. Um, we, we've got the robo umps are coming into the low the low A's. Or was it uh, was it high A or low A? I believe it was low A, um, yeah. but you know it was only going to be one league. So I don't know that any A's affiliates will be using I, it. I think it was the or, you know, might've been high A, but it was, it was an Eastern version yes. of the league. So um, maybe the high A East, um, I don't know. The, the new names throw me <laughs> off too, because I have so like, weird. It, are we talking about the Carolina league or the Sally league? You know, so, like, um, but yeah, no, I, I think they were, but... they, they were limiting it to a very small number of, of um, teams in the beginning. Yeah. So you got, you know, the robo lumps, uh, the infielders have to be on the grass, uh, throwing over to first base is another one. Um, is there one of these rule changes that you kind of like or that you don't like, which one are you uh, most interested in watching, let's say? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not crazy about robo umps. I mean, I think, you know, maybe when it comes to base calling, um, you know, like a, a play at, at a base, you know, I think there, there are maybe ways that technology could make that easier, whether it's having a base light up when a foot comes on, you know, or some, I don't even know, but you know, there's, there are probably ways for, for those plays to be a little bit cleaner than the human eye maybe can catch them. Um, although replay, I think, catches most of that stuff now. Balls and strikes, I mean, you know, it's funny, they were using robot umps um, mostly out of necessity at the uh, instructional league in the fall um, because they really just didn't have umpires that, you know, in the COVID protocols that could do it. Um, and, you know, I'd say that the, the catchers um, and the pitchers were not huge fans and, and the hitters were not necessarily huge fans either because what are, what, you know, sort of, there's no kind of human element. You, there, there is a human element to the strike zone. And as much as like, we want to say, oh, you know, umpires get it wrong. Human umpires actually get it right along the, you know, the same parameters of what the players are expecting the strike zone to be far more often than I think the robot does, um, interestingly enough, or at least the impression I was getting from people um, that were, you know, dealing with it in instructionally. So, you know, as a way to maybe have umpires review their own work after a game and maybe help them improve what they missed. Um, I, I think that technology is helpful. I think we all can use ways to make ourselves better. And perhaps we haven't forced umpires to necessarily do that as much um, in the past. But I do think human umpires are probably something I, I wouldn't want to lose that element of the game. Um, I don't mind playing with the shift rule. I think, um, you know, the way that the you know, I think the way that we do want to see more action, um, you know, it, it does discourage line drive approaches and it, it discourages hitters from sort of being um, playing towards hitting towards the gaps. And, you know, you're, you're not getting that sort of um, traditional kind of hit approach that I think so many of us kind of grew up admiring from hitters. Um, and so you do see so many more fly balls. And I think a lot of those sort of lazy fly balls that fall into, you know, center fielders gloves, um, maybe 320 feet 
um, you know, away from it would have been line drives maybe to that hole that the shift is being played into. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not dogmatic about it. I think you, I think you do use the minor leagues to sort of see, you know, does this work? Does it make play better? Um, I, I don't think it's something you would run out there next year, just on the basis of a few games this year. Um, but, you know, like with the ninth inning or with the extra innings rule that we saw, minor leagues had that for quite a few years before they ran it out to the major leagues. Most of the players who had been in the minor leagues were familiar with that rule, but by the time they got to the big leagues, so it wasn't a you know, big change. Um, you know, I could see this being something like that. If, as long as they don't rush these rule changes, I, I don't mind them kind of playing around with it a little bit in the minor leagues. Hey, it's me again. I just got to tell you real quick that today's episode is also brought to you guys by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. The NBA and NHL are in full swing. Baseball's hitting dingers. It's a great time to be placing bets right now. And if those aren't your thing, then BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website at betonline.ag. You can also use your mobile device to get to the website if you feel like it. And when you do and you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That is promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and that is why everybody says that bet online are your online sportsbook experts be a waiver wire winner with the locked on fantasy baseball podcast it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast which <laughs> the name kind of gave that one away but it is hosted by veteran fantasy analyst scott cullen who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins that is why you want to follow this guy. He's kicking my butt in fantasy baseball right now. I uh, retweeted something that he said and said, and I was like, hey, this guy's kicking my butt right now. And he's like, yeah, retweet. He's not going to be like, yeah, good game or anything. He's like, no, 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 I'm kicking your butt and I'm here for it. You should listen to the podcast. And you can, if you want to, if you want to win your league, listen to the podcast. You can follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And so with that, here is my second, the second part of... I guess today's episode of my talk with Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. Um, and then tomorrow we're doing the same thing. So if you like this conversation, there's more coming for you guys. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the, the shifting goes. I, I don't know that I like the one where you have to have, you know, two guys on each side of second base. I, if you want to put three on one side, sure. But they have to be on the infield. And I kind of like that. And I, I'd like to see how that gets played around with, because you see some line drives, they're not going to get caught. You know, uh, Matt Olson does it all the time uh, right. where they're just, just over there. I think that that would do enough without adjusting the game in a huge way uh, from, you know, being strategic and all that stuff. And RoboOMS, I think that they, they're still working on the technology. I want to see what the finished product is and then judge it from there. But obviously they're, they're working into trying to make it more accurate. I, from what I've heard at least. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, interesting. I think everything's a work in progress. And it was sort of funny last night in that, in the opener um, and uh, Elvis Andrews gets that line drive that Michael Brantley hit into the shift when he's playing basically in a short right field. And he starts laughing and does like sort of a big cheer. Like he just won the world series, um, you know, cause I don't think shortstops ever expect to catch line drives like that. And, and if the rain, I'm not sure how the Rangers, how much shifting they did last year or not, but you know, that was a pretty common place for Marcus Simeon to line up last year with the A's, but it may not have been for him. So he seemed pretty happy. <laughs> excited to get that ball so it was interesting he's gonna be a delight to watch i i thoroughly enjoy him 
Um, yeah. So after a year, year and a half for some of these minor leaguers, um, just not playing in competitive games, if they were not at the alt site, they just really didn't, you know, train with teams or anything like that. They were kind of on their own. How big is, or how big of a uh, impact is that going to have on the competitiveness between, you know, just all the minor leaguers? Is it going to be like a, uh, triple a guys that have been in the the system for longer are they going to be better equipped or is it going to be more uh, alt site versus non alt site guys you know honestly i don't think anyone knows and i think until they all get out on the field and then minor league camp just opened on april 1st so um you know it's guys are just going through intake intake testing and all that stuff now um no one really knows you know some guys were able to find leagues that they could play in you know depending on what state they were living in or what country they were living in and what the protocols were um, you know, some guys were able to find throwing partners so they could take live VP or they could throw to live hitters or whatever. Um, and some guys had a, a small room and, you know, a tee and a, and a net and that's all they could do, you know? So it's that I think is probably going to play a lot more into it. You know, the resources that a player had access to during, um, COVID shutdown, than um, whether or not they were actually at the alt site, the, the competitiveness at the alt site, I think was you know, probably more like an extended spring training at best mm-hmm. than it was um, even close to a triple A season. So, um, you know, I think the one good thing we did see in major league camp um, is that really there was no drop off with non-roster invitees. Um, then, you know, and, and um, some of those guys were at all sites. In fact, you know, a decent number of them were, um, but I would say, you know, a, a good number of them were, um, you know, guys that were minor league free agents that maybe were AAA players that had not been um, in any camp last year. So we did get a little bit of that. And I think those guys at least came in well-prepared. Again, probably the longer you've been in the minor leagues, the more access you have to resources that um, maybe make you better prepared. Um, But I think, you know, they're crossing their fingers and the hopes are that they're going to be able to, um, you know, field a pretty competitive thing. But the one thing I actually remember, I was talking to Colin Perot, who was in the um, mini camp, group and he said one of the things was just you know speed of the game you you, it's the game decisions you know he was able to work out he's in good physical condition he's obviously a big student of the game um but like remembering which base to throw to in a certain bunt situation um it just takes doing it a couple of times so you know they maybe knock that rust off in, in spring training and the one good thing is because i mean it wasn't a good thing they reduced the minor leagues but because most organizations don't have the limit over the limit number of players coming into spring training that they can send out to these expanded rosters for the, their full four season affiliates. Um, I don't think there's going to be cuts. So if guys are a little bit rusty at the beginning of spring training, um, they'll have time to work that rust off before, and instead of kind of being cut midway through camp the way they would have been normally. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, I actually talked to Colin Perot just a minute, you know, on, on Twitter, setting up an interview talking about Roboam. So this is, yeah. so far, what we've talked about is very much in the wheelhouse, the thing that I've been thinking about. For yeah, he, he has some interesting opinions about that. So uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, he's, he's a really, he's one of the interesting players that I've learned a lot from actually in just a few years he's been in the system. Yeah, I'm very excited after, you know, just sitting down researching for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I think I got enough to go on for, you know, an entire yeah. episode right now. Um, so in an article that but got published by, you know, it was uh, by The Athletic, but, uh, you know, you necessary. It was published by The Athletic. You wrote it. Well, that's what I'm going with. You were talking about okay. the A's and Giants <laughs> minor league systems and uh, how they're going to be moving forward into, you know, this uncharted territory. And you said that the expect the expectation is that the alt site rosters will resemble um, AAA rosters. 
Is that still the case? Or are we going to see somebody like Tyler Soderstrom or maybe Robert Plusson, who was in the alt site last year, uh, also at the alt site this year, and then let them disperse because they have a little bit, not more talent, but uh, there's more expectation of them from within the system. I don't think you're going to see guys like Tyler or um, Robert up in um, the alt site. For some reason, then I'm not quite sure why I, the A's haven't released their alt site roster yet. Um, most teams have, and, and the people that you would have seen on there are, are what you would have expected. And it's, it's the guys that were in big league camp that were optioned out or reassigned to AAA. So um, no, it really is functioning as a AAA season. And the guys that, um, you know, Tyler did have the benefit of being in big league camp. So he's been there for a while. Robert will have just report. Well, actually, he won't even have reported um, for another couple of days because he's a, the position players report like April 5th or 6th. Um, so they're going to be using spring training to get ready for their season in May, just as they would have if it had started in March, um, like normal. Um, so yeah, no, I would look for them to be, um, probably with low A Stockton, which is a weird thing. <laughs> low A Stockton, well, I'll never get used to saying, um, but uh, probably with that, you know, they'll be there at the start of, um, you know, the season and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if they end up staying there the whole season or, or pushing their way up to high A. Uh, Tyler probably has a better chance of doing that than Robert, just because, you know, he's had the benefit of being here, um, you know, for big league camp. But um, yeah, no, I, I would expect whenever that roster is released and probably sometime today or so that it'll be, you know, the guys that you saw in big league camp that were just not on the team at the start of the season. All right, that is where I'm cutting today's portion of my talk with Melissa. Tomorrow, we're talking A's breakout prospects and breakouts at the big league level. We'll also uh, get her opinion on why the A's went with a traditional reliever as opposed to a long man in the in the bullpen. That one's already come true. They've already <laughs> thrown that one out the window, partially due to injuries, but it did come into play. So um, that is what's coming up for you guys tomorrow. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the locker room app we're going live this weekend be there also you can email us any questions that you have to lockdownathletics at gmail.com and also if you have made it this far on the podcast and you have not already followed the podcast on whatever streaming platform you like uh do so it's a great podcast we do this five days a week and we talk a's baseball sometimes general baseball but usually a's baseball it's going to be a great time we're going to have a great great season uh whether the a's are winning or losing i'm going to bring the fun and hopefully that makes the season better or better were, uh, depending on if the A's are winning or losing. So uh, that's it for me today, guys. Until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.